everybody. Welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior and IJ nephropathy warrior, and I'm dedicated to sharing the stories of those with IBD. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now let's get to it. Well, hi, everyone. My guest today is Steve Carver, an IBD warrior, a personal trainer with over 30 years of experience, and the business and product development director at Jump Sport. He's here today to share his journey with colitis and dive deep into one of my favorite topics and activities, rebounding. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I truly appreciate it. I, I'm i excited to kind of share my story. I didn't, haven't really thought about it in a while, but it, it's going to be interesting and it was a journey. Um, so, I mean, I guess I can just get started and kind of jump into it for you. Um, yeah, let's jump in. No pun intended, but uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and start us off and share your IBD story. Talk about when you were first diagnosed, how that came about, and take us through how you got into recovery. Well, um, it started, my my mom was having some serious health issues and, and went through some things where she was actually had colon cancer. Um, unbeknownst to me, it, it was pretty rampant in my whole family. My grandfather had it. My great aunt had it. My mother had it. My uncle had it all on my mom's side of the family. Um, I, I was also going through a divorce at the time. And so my stress level was extremely high and I was very fit and I was very, very much into making sure I ate well and all of these things. And I would eat and I would distend horribly, and I had no idea what was going on. It was very much a shock to me, and didn't correlate it to my mom be having colon cancer or any of those things, and that it was a hereditary thing potentially, and that I I have, you know, a propensity to um, potentially have colon cancer or or some other type of IBS problems. I had had clients that had Crohn's and some other things, and it didn't seem to be manifesting like any of those kind of symptomatic things. So. I eventually like got tired of every time I ate, I looked like I was three months pregnant and no pun intended. I know I'm a man and that doesn't count, but I've been around enough pregnant women to know what three months pregnant looks like. And it was happening every time I ate. Um, but again, like I told you, there was a, an extremely high stress level. I thought it had something to do with that. And so I went into an internist and they immediately put me on sulfur drugs so, and then they put me on this, a diet that consisted of boiled chicken and rice. How long ago was this? So this would have been almost, I would have guessed 30, 30 years ago. Yeah. There weren't very many medications or really any treatment protocols at that time. Well, no, it was definitely a diet change. They told me I need to reduce my stress. They, you know, there, there wasn't a lot going on at the time or, or treatment specifically for for um, colitis. And then it turns out that I also have polyposis, which is um, precancerous polyps that formed in there. So they thought it was all related to food, you know, like no things with, with, with skin, like uh, if it had a skin on it or I couldn't eat carrots or a lot of high fiber foods they said were, would irritate it. Well, when you're already active, when you already have irritation and inflammation in there, yeah, there almost anything is going to cause a problem because there's a constricting, obviously, of the, the you know the lower intestinal tract. So this is a lower bowel um, disease that I that I suffered through, and um, 
the, the harshest part of that was the sulfur drugs. Um, I think they used like asulfidine or some other thing that really tried to, I, I'm assuming it's like a steroid that caused, it was helping the inflammation in my intestinal tract. Did it actually help? So yes, it did calm it initially. And then the, the diet certainly helped. Um, I couldn't eat any kind of peppers or spicy foods or, and, and I, my heritage is Spanish. So I grew up on all of that. So it was like really a crazy situation. Um, the beginning of it wasn't so terrible. So then I had to go in at 30 years old and get a colonoscopy. And turns out that I did have not only once the colitis had subsided, they figured there was some other issue. And being that I had a family history, they did a colonoscopy at 30 years old, found out that I have polyposis, which is they removed six precancerous polyps that were in my lower intestinal tract. And um, they said, if I'd have waited till I was 50 to check them, I would have had cancer. So fortunately, it's a slow growing thing. But because of my family history and because I had a flare up and I always tell people that you can look at things in a really negative way and you can be like, man, I had colitis and it was two years and I was just an awful experience. But had I not had that and not had that stress and not had the um, the reaction to the foods and all of that, I would have never gone in. I would have never gotten a colonoscopy. I would have probably eventually had colon cancer and had to go through a much more invasive um, process or surgery and potentially have to deal with cancer. Um, I've gone back multiple times. The colitis has stayed relatively in, in control. I, I, I think since the initial time, I think I may have had one or two more flare-ups due to stress and lack of physical exercise and diet. And there was just some things where I was just very like, I'm, I don't want to have to do what they're telling me. So I fought it. And as a result of it, I suffered the consequences of, of, of dealing with some flare-ups. They were brief. Um, and then as, and then I can, I can roll right into what I think is really important as far as the treatment on this was that if you, well, like you said, back then there wasn't a lot of treatment process to it, the whole thing. So it was really about diet and exercise. So I didn't have the option to take a drug or any of the things that they thought, like I know now with Crohn's, there are certain treatments that you can go. They're still relatively expensive, I understand, but but there are treatments. So I had to do this mostly holistically. So I'm a fitness guy. I've been in the fit, at that time, I'd been in the fitness business not very long. So I just kind of turned my attention to figuring out what could I do physically and, and nutritionally that could help me not deal with this and, and try to get a better understanding of what I was dealing with in the first place. So inflammation um, happens. You can get bursitis, tendonitis, colitis is all about inflammation. So the first thing I did is I looked at, can I do anti-inflammatory diet? Like what foods do I need to eliminate that are not going to create more inflammation in my body? And then what other things can I take to help reduce inflammation holistically? So like turmeric and some other things. So I was really good about not eating all of those things they told me to eat, trying to eat a very bland diet, at least initially. And as I became stronger at this, I realized something that it was important that in order to reduce my stress level and, and keep all of the things that may have been creating the inflammation in the first place, or my body's inability to fight off the inflammation, um, I put myself into 
into a program that um, allowed me to start doing very vigorous types of exercise. So I'm kind of an extreme kind of guy. So I would do ultra marathons and all kinds of endurance exercises, which caused other issues, you know, joints and knees and things. But so because of that, I needed to find a vehicle that was going to be a much more forgiving type of program. And about 13 years ago, I was introduced to jump sport. Now, not that I hadn't done trampolines and I used big ones. And, and when I did trampolining, I did com competitive stuff. So I'm doing flips and acrobatics. And so coming along and they, and they show me this little personal fitness trampoline. And I thought, well, I'm not sure how I'm going to use this thing. But the main benefit that I got from using this product and, and rebounding has a lot of benefits. And we can talk a little bit about that and how that continued to help me in this process to stay healthy and not have to have any more flare-ups was that it took away the impact of, of most ground-based exercises by about 80%. So now I could still be as aggressive and I could do whatever these, all of these crazy workouts, but I wasn't getting my, I wasn't beating up my body in the process. So I was able to de-stress myself by doing HIIT training and some of the other kinds of methodologies that I really enjoyed as my own personal workouts. Um, the more I did it, the more I liked it, the more, more I, my whole core, and, and I think, and I don't know how this actually works with these kind of um, diseases, but I do find that because I had such a stable core and rebounding or trampoline, bouncing on a trampoline, is really core based. So every time you bounce down, you, you're forced to engage your pelvic floor. You're forced to engage your trunk every single time you use it. And I think in the process, it holds everything tighter. So there's less chance that it's getting jostled around or beat up or, and, and I don't have scientific proof of this. I just know from personal experience, the more I had a great, very stable core, and the more my pelvic floor like strengthened, the less it seemed to be a problem of any kind. So as I did some research for that, I, I found that the, especially the pelvic floor part that, you know, for when men and women, that's great for your um, prostate or for just not having your bladder fall down and get beat up. So you have to have incontinence or other things of that nature. So how long was it? Do you remember being on the medications? And then how long was this whole process of shifting your diet, shifting your, your workout routine into more of a trampoline-based workout routine, and then truly finding complete healing? Have you had any flares for a while? No. So the, the initial stuff started, um, I think it, the, the, the medication was around about a two-year stint of off and on it would go away. It would come right back. I would get off the medicine. I'd be good for a little while. And then, you know, it just went on for almost two years, which is when I decided I really need to do something else. I can't live on boiled chicken and rice every three months and keep doing this. So that's when I shifted to, to the holistic approach for nutritionally to try to find a more bland, more palatable diet that, that didn't irritate my bowels in general. Um, that took another you know, really to get it under control with the other flare-ups I talked about initially. I, I would say that whole process was about five years of really trying to figure it out. Um, and I still, to this day, if, if I'm not really careful, I, I can start to see the beginnings of it, right? If I overdo it, I eat too much, too much rich food. 
too much spicy food. I'll have like just that feeling of like, oh my goodness, I better stop. Because if I don't stop, I'm going to end up irritating that enough that it will cause a flare-up. So I've begun to learn the signs of the initial signs that were the beginnings of it so that I can then back off to make sure that nutritionally and exercise-wise that I up my game a little bit, everything calms back down, and then I can move from that. So I think that process really with with the nutrition and things, it, it was about ten a 10-year battle of trying to really get it dialed in. Now, for the last 20 years, I've, I've been pretty good about that. Um, another thing that I found that started to become a problem and irritated my bowels was alcohol, just in general. I'd have a couple cocktails and I'd just be like, oh man, my my stomach would just start to feel that same pressure. And, I, and it just scares you because if you've ever had bouts with this, it is unbearable pressure. It hurts and it doesn't go away and you feel like you need to go to the bathroom, but you go into the bathroom and it doesn't do any good and you get a little relief, but it, it never really goes away. So um, I'm always a very cautious when I start to feel something. So 10 years ago, I decided that alcohol was something that was not helping and not serving a purpose. So I took that out of my diet. And over the last 10 years, I've had really zero episodes with it. And that correlates specifically with the amount of time that I've been on a trampoline. I love that. That's fantastic. What kind of advice would you give to people? Because I talk with a lot of people with IBD and even without IBD, but it's we know what we should eat sometimes and we know what we shouldn't. And sometimes that's hard for people to follow and follow through on. What kind of advice would you give to people to really stay the course? Well, you know, it's kind of the same thing as as exercising. Um, people talk about motivation. So the initial motivation is you were sick and you're in pain. And so it's really easy at the beginning when you have a flare up or you're trying to get well and you're in pain that motivates you. It's like a giant bonfire. But as the pain resides and everything gets seen, it's the fire gets smaller and smaller and there's less and less motivation to do that. But in that process, you should start to develop what I call a consistent program that you need to understand that if you want to be healthy and not be in pain forever, that you need to implement um, routines. So I'm not saying that you can't go out once in a while and eat a little bit more um, treat yourself to something, but understand that you're going to have a reaction to that. And that should be a reminder. Those are those little keys. And that the, that's, again, another motivator to not do that. But the key to the, for me was discipline, to be disciplined, to not ever do this again. So I, I you have to have a, a routine and a plan. So I always tell people, do, it, it the easiest way to get somewhere from point A to point B is, is, you, is now we go on Google, but in the old days, we used to use a map, right? So we would look at, what, I'm going to map out where I'm going to go and how I'm going to get there, right? And sometimes you have to change based on something happens or there's traffic or whatever, and you and you change the plan or the, or the course, and you make adjustments along the way, and that always happens with almost anything. So the, the best way for people to do this is to actually write out what it is that you're trying to accomplish, and then what is your routine going to look like? So when am I going to eat? How much do I get to eat? What types of food are going to be beneficial to me? And what? make a list of all the foods that you know are going to be a problem. And if you can avoid them, great. If you can't avoid them, then just know that you're going to have to accommodate that going forward. So 
for me, it's about consistency and discipline. As far as a plan, you have to have a plan to do anything. And I found most successful people, no matter what they're facing, whether it be fitness, whether it be health issues, whether it be business, whether it be relationships, all have some type of plan, right? So that, that I think that's the first step or the, the best advice I can give anybody is to have some idea of what you want out of this and formulate some way to get there. And then make sure that you have backup plans so that you can make adjustments if you run into a problem. And other than that, I'm not, I never tell anybody, even with fitness, when people come to me and they say, well, do I have to be on one of those crazy diets? I'm like, no. The trick is what I want you to do is find it, find a plan that you can stick with for the rest of your life. Right. And if you can do that, then it will be very easy to, to follow through on your plan. If you make a plan that's so unrealistic that more than likely you're going to not be able to sustain it, well, then that's probably not a good plan, right? So know that there are certain foods that you love, but you're going to have a reaction and how much of that can I have without causing a real bad problem? So I, the more you know, the more knowledge you have about what it is that really causes your flare up and what you need to do in case you start to feel symptomatic in any way at all so that you can then you can back it off, I think is the most important part of this process for anybody to feel well long-term. That is great advice. For a lot of people with diabetes, myself included, a huge stressful situation, and, and I start to feel the flare coming on. What are some of the things that you have found to help control stress levels, especially when there's unpredicted stressful times? Um, here's the thing about stress. I, I think um, it's really important that you have other tools at your disposal to help you de-stress yourself. Um, and I know this sounds cliche-ish, but I, I went to this guy, he says, breathing exercises. So, so breathing exercises are really important to, like what it does is just distracts your mind from, from the hamster wheel that you get on. So whenever a stress happens in your life, and I did some research on this, there's about a 90-second chemical reaction that happens in your brain. So it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset, scared, whatever caused the stress in the first place. That chemical reaction lasts about 90 seconds. Anything longer than that is you staying on the hamster wheel and, and, and continuing to perpetuate those feelings for whatever reason. So how do I stop that? So some people say, well, I can't get off the hamster wheel. It's just was there and it's just thing. So I need to distract my mind. For me, I'll do 10 deep breaths. And the first five, I'm like, doesn't seem to be doing anything, right? And then I get deeper and I excel more and I get deeper. And by number 10, I'm thinking only about breathing. And then I realize that I'm not as at DEFCON 5 anymore. I'm still still trying to deal with whatever it was that caused me to be stressed. But now I have a clearer mind to come up with a solution that's going to be beneficial to solve the problem. Or if it's something that I just can't control and there's nothing I can do about it this moment, me being worked up about it is not helping the problem. So finding a way that works for you to distract your mind from the thing that caused you to be stressed at the, in the moment. Now, look, I know that there are some monumental things that happen in life. You find out that somebody you really care about is very, very sick or, and in the moment, it's very upsetting and it really thing. And, but I always take a moment and think, okay, 
what can I do about it right here, right now, in this moment? And too much, too many of us regress to some other trauma in our life where we were a child and then, and we didn't really have good coping skills. So we have a very childlike reaction to that stress. Whereas if we can understand that that's what we're doing and we're no longer there and we can replace those, those reactions or those um, uh, coping mechanisms with something that's more beneficial to you. And again, this takes a little bit of work and it doesn't happen overnight. It didn't happen for me overnight. I started with, med- somebody goes, you need to meditate. I think I lasted like 40 seconds the first time I tried to meditate. So there are many tools out there that can distract you from things. And it takes just a commitment and an understanding that those other coping skills don't serve me anymore. And if I continue to stay there, like, again, there's a rationalization in your mind that this is not going to help me. And if I continue to do this, I'm going to have a a much more dramatic flare-up from this. And I'm not saying you're not going to have a flare-up from something bad that happens. What I'm saying, you can lessen the severity of it by having tools in place to be able to cope with whatever is causing you to be stressed. One of those coping mechanisms I have is I I have a jump sport trampoline. And I go out when I, I'm at work and something frustrates me and I'm just, and I don't know, maybe I didn't sleep good. I go down the trampoline and I run as fast as I can, or I put on my headphones and I listen to really loud music and I bounce for about three to five minutes. And sure enough, all of a sudden I'm not that stressed anymore and I'm not that upset anymore. Now the problem didn't go away. I just stopped making it worse than it was like pouring gasoline on a fire. And I think what is helpful for people, if they can find something for them, and certainly the trampoline is a vehicle that is a fun thing, it distracts you, it it lets you get all that energy out, it puts that negative energy into something positive, and at the end of it, it can give you some sort of relief. So that's one thing that I would suggest for people if, if it's something they're interested in. On top of that, you get to do something really fun and remind you of being a kid when things were happy. So if you're going to regress yourself to somewhere in life, you want to go back to a happy moment in life where you feel joy and thing, and that certainly will diminish any kind of negative feelings you have in your brain at the time. Um, I don't think any of these are cures. I think the key is that over time, if you can do this on a consistent basis, things start to bother you less and less in the moment. Therefore, you can avoid getting to a point where it really affects you physically. Because I think a lot of times we with IBS problems internalize all of the stress and it settles right in our intestines. And this is a manifestation of not being able to release in a positive way things that happen to us in life. Situations that occur are going to occur. How you deal with them is going to be half of the battle of whether or not you're going to have a a flare-up or not. And that's what I believe, there's no scientific proof behind that, but I can show you 10 years of not having any of those things was a result of 20 years of working to figure out a method, not only mentally and emotionally, but also nutritionally and physically to support the fact that I have this problem, that I have a family history of of colon cancer, like that all of these things eventually become something far worse than just a flare-up or an inflammation. So if you implement strategies and tools 
to help you. And everybody's going to be different. Like you, how you would approach what I just told you would be completely different than the way I do it. I happen to be a very volatile kind of a guy and ultra marathons and type A plus 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 person. And I'm sure that contributed to my flare-ups when I was young because I didn't know how to express all of that energy. And then what I did with it is I just pulled it all inside of me. And as a result of that, it made myself sick. I love that you've gathered so many tools over the years to to put in your toolbox, so to speak, to be able to understand your your emotional, your physical health, and to be able to use those tools to put yourself in a better place. A lot of great advice in there. So let's talk about the trampoline journey. You started to talk about it a little bit earlier, that you've been doing this for 10 years. What was it like to really transition all of those hardcore activities to one tiny trampoline or do you still use a big trampoline too? <laughs> but what was it like to really switch gears? Well, honestly, it, it really wasn't that difficult. I, I wasn't sure, you know, when I first came into my existence, I was, um, you know, I, I didn't, I, I remember my grandma having one. I, I remember, you know, that was a class they did way back long time ago. And you know, I wasn't really a big part of that at the time. I thought that's kind of a weird thing. And, and then it went away and I didn't like the original ones because they were squeaky and loud and they had springs. And I was given one of the trampolines because I was a trainer on a television show called Dud to Stud. And they asked me to use it as one of my training tools. And it's funny that you talk about a toolbox, right? I think of fitness the same way. So this was given to me as a tool to be able to train these people. And the cool part was that they taught me it was this portable cardiovascular machine. So instead of using a treadmill or elliptical or whatever, you can drag this trampoline, this personal fitness trampoline with you anywhere you went. So you could be doing all these strength training and then you could have them do cardio or you could have one person do cardio while one person was doing strength training. And I thought, okay, uh, let me see what I can do with this tool. And then I realized that because of the design of the tool, it was a beautiful platform that I could use the frame, I could use on the trampoline, I could run on it, I could bounce on it, I could do upper body work on it. There was a, so many other things that they hadn't even really thought of doing on the product that I was like, this is just a no-brainer. I'm just going to start using this for my um, so plyometric push-ups. Like, think about plyometrics on the ground and how that beats your shoulders and your neck. And I did it on the trampoline. I'm like, wow, I don't have any of that stiffness and soreness. And so the more I tried it, the more I played with just doing regular traditional exercises. Um, it's really not about the space. It's funny because whatever you can do in that space on the ground, which is a lot, you can do on top of this platform. And it not only increased the amount of calories that I burned, it took away all the impact of all these exercises I was doing. I was finding that I was actually getting more muscular benefit from it. And I didn't know why. So it turns out that you have to decelerate all of that energy that you push into the trampoline itself. And as you do that, you're recruiting more muscle tissue, anywhere from 20 to 30% more tissue. And then as a result of that, I was actually seeing more results quicker. I was recovering faster. I was having less impact so I could work out longer. I could work out harder. I could work out sooner. And people are like, sooner? Yeah, because I wasn't beat up anymore. So I could actually do the same workout a day later as opposed to three days later if I wanted to. I didn't always do that, but I could. And the ability to be able to do things when you need them or when it's convenient is really important. So let's say I, say I had a couple days in a row that I could work out, but the next day I was so sore I couldn't do a workout, but then I was busy 
and it's it made it much more convenient to work out. I that ten years ago um, was the beginning of something was was the beginning of a of a love story with this product because I just could do a lot of things that I had thought that I could never do again because of beating up my body and doing all these extreme exercises and ultra marathons and jumping off mountains and skiing, you know, out of bounds and all these crazy things that I got used to. So it became um, a window or a door to be able to exercise in a manner that I had become accustomed to, but no longer could physically. I love that. And I've actually had a lot of my listeners know this, but I've had a rebounder for five years myself. And a lot of those same things I absolutely love about it that you really, for one, I love that I can do a lot of dynamic stretching on mine just by jumping around. It's a lot of fun. It's just play around whether you have a a routine or not, just play around on it. It's a lot of fun. But then I find the thing that really benefits me is that I can, if I'm feeling good one day, I can jump on that rebounder so hard and get a great workout. And then the next day, if I'm not feeling that great, I can just do some low intensity, just some real gentle bouncing. And it it's adaptable. It, it meets me where I'm at. So I've really enjoyed having mine for, for the past five years. And I think it's helped to kind of keep my health in a place where, where I want it to be, my fitness level especially. What are, what are some of the other benefits of rebounding? I think... Um, I've heard that there's mental health benefits to it. Is that something that you can talk about? Sure. Let's talk about the health health benefits. So I primarily got into this because of the physical aspect of it. I thought this is a great vehicle, a great platform that I can now do all these crazy things because I'm one of those type, like I told you, type A+, plus, which is probably what led me to have the issues that I do internally. But science has shown that that using the rebound or trampoline, um, especially uh, one that's, so we got away from, I didn't even get into this, but we got away from the springs and the loudness and the noise and the squeak. And we went to a what was called bungee cord based system, which is a much more forgiving, a much deeper, which created um, a compression and and um, it's almost a pumping action. So you go from zero gravity when you're at the top of the stroke where you barely even just barely leave the surface. You don't even have to jump high on it. And then you push down into the trampoline surface and can create exponential gravity. So the beauty of that is on a health level is that your lymphatic system does not have a pump. So to move lymph through your body, you need two things to do that, gravity and movement. So normally we only have one atmosphere, which is what keeps us to the earth. So we have one G of force that is that is um, put, you know, put it to our bodies. So we're under pressure all the time. And then movement. So doing the, the fitness trampoline from Jump Sport it will give you up to five G's of force. Okay. So as you compress yourself down to five G's and release to zero gravity, it creates a natural pumping action. And they have found that 10 minutes of doing that, even not even leaving your feet, just have to barely leave, not even leave, but just get to that zero gravity point. um, It will increase lymphatic flow by 15 times. So that 10 minutes of exercise will actually move the lymph through your your system and detoxify your body while you're working out. So so I I and what does that do? What does that mean really? Well, if I remove all the toxins out of my body very efficiently and I help my body do that, 
that helps everything else be more efficient. So now my immune system is stronger because it's not bogged down by toxins. My, my heart, my lungs, anything that has fluid is going to be assisted by that pumping action as well. So you're going to get benefits to your endocrine system and, and all of all the other ones that I mentioned. Not to mention that you're going to actually help your heart in this process so it doesn't have to work nearly as hard. So there's just a small list of just the physical health benefits, but what they found along the way doing trampoline work, and I know this because um, I have our product in UCLA Medical Center in their in their autism. I don't know that it's called the Autism Center anymore, but um, children that have uh, auditory issues of any kind. So it could be autism, it could be Tourette's, it could be... A, a myriad of different auditory issues. And what they found was, is that bouncing on the trampoline calmed them down and, and they couldn't figure out why, but what they've realized that it produces a lot of your happy hormones. So oxy, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins all get released into your brain while you're bouncing on the trampoline. So as a result of that, you smile and you're happy. So I always tell people three minutes on the, on a jump sport is like a cup of coffee. So if you're feeling a little down, your energy's a little low, you get on the trampoline, you bounce on it for three minutes, all of a sudden you're like, I'm wide awake and I have lots of energy and I'm happy again. And you don't figure out why, but it's because your body's releasing those hormones. And that is a re direct result of that motion. So there's another health benefit that is really instrumental. And I'm going to tell you a testimonial. Um, recently, a woman who suffered severely from postpartum depression came to me and said, you saved my life. And I said, okay, how exactly did I do that? She goes, your trampoline workouts um, were the only thing that would get me out of my depression. And I didn't know why, but the more I did it and the more I got happy and the more I stopped feeling sad, the more I wanted to be on the trampoline. And as a direct result of that, she was able to overcome that postpartum depression that she was experiencing because she didn't really realize that bouncing on the trampoline was releasing all of those happy hormones into her system. So it would be beneficial to anybody. Let's say you were suffering from a bout and you're just feeling down about yourself and you're not feeling okay and it just sucks and you're not happy. And I get that because I've been there. Getting on the trampoline and just changing your mood will help you be able to form a process that can move you forward because those are the things that derail you, not feeling good, feeling, and then you just feel like you're never going to get out of it, right? So this is a vehicle by which you can change your mindset to help you move forward and get out of places when you get stuck or don't feel like you're going to make any progress or I'm never going to get better. And we start to change that mindset by releasing those happy hormones by doing what we call a health bounce. Now, a health bounce has nothing to do with vigorous exercise or running or jumping like I do. Actually, it's really about just pressing lightly down into the surface of the trampoline, never leaving the surface of the trampoline, but allowing your body to start to detoxify itself, release those hormones, and give you a better mental attitude so that you can face whatever it is that you're going through. It's incredible. I feel like I need to run downstairs and start jumping on my trampoline right now. <laughs> So how much time do you think you spend a day jumping on a trampoline? You're obviously at a, a, a greater fitness level than, than myself or maybe a lot of people, but what? how much time do you spend jumping on a trampoline? Well, okay, before I get into how much time I do it, I'm going to tell you a great story. So one day we were, um, we got 
contacted by uh, one of the fitness bodies that govern all workout people. It's called the American Council on Exercise. And they said, hey, we just took, without you knowing, we bought one of your trampolines and we bought your program and we tested it against running on a treadmill. And would you like to know the findings? And we're like, well, sure, because we had no idea they were even doing it. Um, They've found that bouncing on a trampoline, doing regular, just, and again, these weren't vigorous. This is like beginner basic workout. It was, um, I think the whole workout was with, without warm up or cool down was about 12 to 15 minutes. And then they, they compared it to somebody running 20 minutes on a treadmill and they found that they burned exactly the same amount of calories. So 12 to 15 minutes. I think they said it was 12 minutes was equivalent to 20 minutes of running on a treadmill. And that was just kind of like a light bounce. Yeah, it was a very beginner level, level one, beginner level workout where you were working at about 124 BPM, which is very simple. It's about the same rhythm as your heart rate, 120, 124 beats. And so it's not like those guys you see or the, (laughs) I always laugh because they made a meme out of those women in Europe that were, (laughs) <laughs> and they turned into riding horses. It looked like they were horses. I've riding seen that horses. meme. Yeah. Well, hopefully people know what we're talking about. <laughs> so that's not like what it was. This is a much more forgiving, soft, you can do it. You're just bouncing and turning and, you know, front to back or jumping jacks or whatever it was. It was nothing strenuous. And again, it was 12 minutes. Um, so I personally only do about 30 minutes of exercise on the trampoline because it's equivalent to an hour of exercise on the ground or on a treadmill or an elliptical. And trust me, I've done all of those and they are boring. They are. (laughs) I do them because I have to, but there's never once that I've done a trampoline workout, whether it be cardio or strength or whatever, that I got done with it and went, that was so boring. Because you're, you're, you're engaged. You have to, you have to engage your muscles. You have to focus. You have to, because otherwise you'll fall off and nobody wants to do that and embarrass themselves, right? But the more you do it, the learning curve is really very quick. Like you think you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm not, I don't have any balance. Well, it improves your balance. <laughs> right. The beautiful thing about the, but being on a jump sport is that every time you bounce, you have to engage your course. You're basically doing crunches every single time you bounce without doing a crunch because nobody likes doing crunches anyway. Right. And then slowly over time, your body becomes more and more fit and your core becomes stronger and stronger and your pelvic floor engages more and more. And all of these little things that you didn't realize were happening are happening. So that's the other 20 to 30% muscle recruitment that you don't realize you're doing while you're having fun. Well, and it's funny you talk about how much fun it is and how engaged you have to be because it made me think of you were mentioning like the elliptical and the treadmill and all those other boring exercises. And there's been times I've been at the gym and you can see people reading a book on the treadmill. <laughs> they are not engaged in the activity. And um, you definitely are on a trampoline. It's And it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You're engaged and you're feeling everything. Everything in your body is is being worked. Well, here's the beautiful. You don't have to have a structured workout on the trampoline. You can put your headphones on. You can put your favorite music on and you can just move. And as a result of that, you're having to navigate that three-dimensional space in a dynamic environment. A lot of people like to call it unstable. 
whatever. But the trampoline itself is very stable. And if you happen to step on the frame or whatever, you're not going to fall. It's not going to tip over. The environment that you're standing on becomes dynamic. So you're basically working in three-dimensional space, whether you're just standing on it, doing traditional exercises, or if you're actually engaged in a program or you're following along, we there are accessories that, that allow you to use a handlebar um, so that you can balance. Um, all of those things are available to people that don't necessarily feel comfortable at the beginning, but Here's the funny thing. I find within a very short period of time, they want that handlebar off and they just want to go to town because now they feel really good. Their body is adapted to this. They've learned to operate in three-dimensional space. That's one of the other things that happens. As we get older, our lives become much more linear, right? So we're always moving in a straight line and we don't do this. And I always tell people, watch a four or five-year-old little boy. He's chasing but imaginary butterflies. He's spinning around. He operates in three-dimensional space. And we start to lose that ability because we stop doing it. And then as you get older, you fall. And you hear about people falling or losing their balance because they're, they no longer operate in three-dimensional space. And then when their life comes at them and they have to, they don't always navigate it very well. So the trampoline itself will help you really become much more engaged in your body's proprioception of three-dimensionals, which is what we live in a three-dimensional world. And your body will become much more adapted doing that and much less prone to falling or tripping. Your balance gets better. Your, your stability gets better. And all of those are a function of your balance. People say, I have bad balance. I'm like, well, no, you have bad stability. So if you can stabilize things and you can catch yourself because you're strong enough, then even if you do trip, you're not going to fall. So this is another thing that happens long-term that's going to be beneficial to you as a general rule is that you're going to have better balance. You're going to have better stability. So if someone were wanting to get started, how would you recommend someone actually get started? Would you recommend, does someone need to go out and purchase one? Are there gyms that have jump sports or rebounders? How can someone get started doing rebounding? Well, ideally, I would love them to get a jump sport and, you know, be at home like you and just run downstairs because I'm sure after we're done with this thing, you're going to run down there and be like... I definitely am. <laughs> Boost my mood for a minute and stretch out. <laughs> so there are gyms. I, I know that there... And, and if you go to jump sport there at our website, there's... there's um, facility locators where they have gym classes of rebounding where people can go and bounce and try it out. Um, we have an online platform that's really inexpensive. I think it's about $10 a month, which is reasonable for most people. Um, if you do buy a jump sport, it comes with two months of programming. So you get, get yourself started and figure out what you want to do and how that would work for you. Right. Um, so I, there is a couple of options. Like I said, there are gyms that you can go to. Try it out. If you really fall in love with it, then by all means, pull the trigger, get your own, go online and get your little thing and put it up and do it in the privacy of your own home or just have fun without doing anything structured. I promise you it will be the funnest exercise that you ever do in your life. I, I will agree with that because I know the trampoline for me has been one thing that Time and time again, I get on it. It's fun. I have not been bored with it. And 
you know, sometimes when I first, when I was first looking at rebounders, I thought, I don't know if I'm going to like it. It sounds like it's going to be boring. You just jump on a trampoline in the same place every day. And it's not. It's the farthest thing from a boring workout. So five years in, I still love it. I still have fun with it. Um, and I did notice that the Jump Sport has a YouTube channel as well. So if someone does pull the trigger and get a rebounder, that there's actually a YouTube channel that has a lot of the different exercises and some different ways to jump to for someone to get oriented to if they feel like they need to follow something. Well, there is lots of free programming that's available, not only on our YouTube channel, but there are other companies that provide content that you can go to and and certainly find something that really works for you. I love it. So what is the final message or piece of advice that you would like to share with our listeners today? Well, you, you're, you're, you don't have a, a life sentence if you have any kind of bowel problems. Um, no matter what it is, there, there are treatments to get you started. Um, if you, if you, if I know from personal experience that if you take the time and you make the effort, because I think it really takes effort, none of this, what do they say? The results you're looking for are in the work you're not doing. So if you put in the work and you figure out a strategy and a plan that works for you, that you can do, then there, there this isn't a life sentence anymore. Now, I'm not saying you won't have to deal with it. I'm not saying that it won't flare up on you, but you need to put things in place that can help you navigate it so that there's less severity to all of this and that you can live some semblance of peace knowing that even if I do have a flare-up or, or some sort of thing where I start to feel the symptoms coming on, that I have a plan in place that I can implement to help me regress it so that I can manage it and get beyond it. And then I can go back to living a, some semblance of a peaceful lifestyle. And, and I, like I said, it's not a life sentence if you're willing to put in the work. I love that. And it reminds me that one of the ways I like to look at things as well is that if I can focus on my health and fitness now, then if I do go into a flare-up or if something happens, I'm going into that a stronger person and setting myself up, hopefully, for better recovery because I'm going into it being a stronger person. So that's one thing that keeps me motivated of just focusing on my food and my diet and just the fitness and jumping on the trampoline. <laughs> Well, that's, that's that discipline component that I think you've kind of mastered a lot of that. So that's good. Again, I always tell you the motive, the motivation is who wants to feel like that, right? But then just implement some sort of strategy that you think you can manage and, and feel comfortable with and try not to do things too crazy. Try not to make a, such a plan that you, you know, you can't live up to it. So if you do that, you're destined to have setbacks, I never like to use the word failure because failure is only quitting. Failure is just giving up and not doing anything. So everybody's going to go through situations where you're not going to be successful and you're going to learn from that and you're going to make adjustments and then you you adapt to that and then you continue to move forward and you're that then you're never a failure. So that that mindset is really, I think, really important with anybody, no matter what you're facing, to have a good positive attitude about what you're and know what you're facing and realize there are going to be situations that aren't going to always go perfectly. Learn from them, adapt, and move forward. Very well said. So if people want to learn more about your training or jump sport, where can they go online and find that? Well, they can find uh, stuff about the trampolines at jumpsport.com backslash fitness. 
Um, there's lots of information. The study that we did with ACE, the NASA studies, health benefits, all the benefits of rebounding are there. Um, there's links to the programming. Um, our YouTube channel is at Jumpsport Fitness. Um, I believe our Instagram page is also at Jumpsport Fitness. Um, there's a, those are great places to go to find interesting, fun ways to use the trampoline. And like you said, it's not always about the choreographed, perfect outfit, do your thing. We have people from I, literally from two to 102 that use the product. So if you can't find something that works for you, I, I just think that once you try it, you're, you're going to be addicted and you're going to have a great time. And the benefits you see for it from it physically and mentally are going to be the real driver, not not I have to go work out. It's not going to be one of those things you dread, like the treadmill or the elliptical or any of those other kind of things. <laughs> I definitely dread the elliptical. <laughs> so is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you wanted to share with the audience? No, I think we covered most all of that. I, I think uh, I, I don't really have any more to add to that. If, Like I said, if they do have any more questions, um, they certainly can reach out to Jumpsport either via DM on our Instagram or whatever. And I will get the message if they say, hey, I saw Steve Carver and I wanted to ask him another question. If they want to go to my personal Instagram, it's Carver Complete Fitness. Um, they can DM me at any time. I'm very accessible. Um, so feel free to, to reach out in any way if they have other questions outside of anything I didn't mention or we didn't talk about. And they, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk to people. That's perfect. I'll put all those links in the show notes so that everyone can find you and find Jump Sport and find everywhere that it is available. So I'll make sure to put all that in. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today and for talking about one of my favorite topics, which is rebounding and diving deep into all of the research and the benefits that there is. So thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing that with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you love these interviews and want to support the podcast, visit my website at Crohn'sFitnessFood.com where you can browse my featured products page to shop the companies I love and support. Make a donation using the Buy Me a Coffee link to send a little love or grab a copy of my book and IBD story, Crohn's Fitness Food and My Rocky Road to Health. If you have an IBD story that you want to share, send me an email at story at Crohn'sFitnessFood.com. And always remember, be strong, be grateful, and keep going.